Okay, so you, you have not seen The Little Mermaid live action yet, Bridget. I've heard the music because it's on Spotify. I've heard it, um, but I haven't got to see it yet. So it, it's on my list and I actually have it so I can watch it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. All right. I've seen it once. I mean, uh, busy time for movies right now. There's a lot. Yeah. I This and uh, Little Mermaid and Barbie are the first two movies in a long time that I have saw twice at the cinema. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I am starting to do that again. It's It's been a while since that's been a thing. But yeah. Yeah. Well, in anticipation for today, I did revisit Barbie for the second time in theaters and held up pretty well. So should be pretty fresh for a, a nice little chat here. Yeah. So, hey, uh, let's just get this show rolling. <laughs> the Thoughtcast conversations about animation. And uh, I know we kind of promised Barbie previously in, in other episodes. And it's, it's been too long since our last one talking about Nimona on Netflix. And uh, so now we're back reconvened. I'm your host, Philip Elke, coming to you from northern Minnesota. I'm very happy to be joined once again by Laura Akal returning from the uh, Little Mermaid episode. Actually, both Little Mermaid episodes we did here, you were a guest on. So how's it going, Laura? Hi, hello. It's going great. I love visiting this kind of nostalgic revival content. It's very fun for me. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for coming back on. And of course, we have Bridget, mainstay of the Thodcast. Thank you so much, Bridget, for joining us. And uh, we uh, were excited about this. We're missing a couple of folks, but uh, we had to, the show must go on. So uh, if we have additional thoughts on Barbie in the future, we may share them, you know, as uh, as they come. So uh for today, let's get into some uh, Barbie talk. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of thought of you, Laura, with this uh, film. Uh, Barbie has been represented in film in the past. And, um, you know, you're particularly a fan of The Little Mermaid and that uh, particular franchise from Disney. But uh, the voice that brought Ariel to life originally, Jodie Benson, is also, isn't she like primarily the main voice of Barbie? Yeah, well? she yeah. actually, so she started out with Mattel actually in like the 90s and she voiced Barbie for a Barbie workout um, tape that they put out. I think there was a young Jennifer Love Hewitt in that tape as well. It's it's adorable. The animation is, is super cute. And then she was signed on to be part of, you know, Pixar's official Barbie for Toy Story 2 and then Toy Story 3 and some shorts here and there. So, yeah. Yeah, so fun to see that character show up. And great to know that there's some legacy behind the portrayal of the character, not just in the Toy Story films, but also in other materials. And then keeping that continuity is always super fun when they're able to do that. So right. Jodie Benson is going to be at Momocon in 2024. No yeah, that's where I went in May. And I saw oh, it today so on the Momocon website. And I was like, ah, I was like, I like messaging my friend who I went with. And I was like, we have to go when hotels drop, get it. I don't care how much it costs. We're going because I did Sailor Ariel this last time. Oh so my I was gosh, like, that's so cool. I, I love that. Yeah, I'm like, I want to meet her at yes. Sailor Ariel. So she can be like, what are you? <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I love that crossover as well. That's adorable. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I got it from like a Pinterest where all of them were Sailor Scouts, all the Disney princesses. And I was like, yes. well, this is my new project, I suppose. Yeah, Bridget, Amazing. you've been adventuring at some 
conventions, at least one I know, but uh, preventing you a bit from making routine trips to the movie theater. So uh, I don't know, any, anything to report from your most recent uh, conventions? Uh, has, is it MomoCon? Isn't that in Arizona or or? Oh, no, no. Arizona was my friend's baby shower. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. MomoCon's in Atlanta. Okay. Um, and then they also have Dragon Con in Atlanta. I'm not going to that. It's really big. There's a lot of walking. Um, I did a, I did a number on my feet at MomoCon. So. Um, and then we have AugustaCon locally. And they actually just announced it's semi-annual. And it's kind of like encompassing, I guess, like nerd culture, I guess. Um, but they just announced that they're going to start doing an Augusta Anime Fest. So... We're, we're getting they're they're bringing stuff here. It's a pretty big town, so I don't know why they don't. Coming up, uh, <laughs> Jody Benson at MomaCon. Um, Barbie, though, Bridget, uh, <laughs> here are some thoughts on Barbie. Uh, considering you, this was one of the films you were able to to go see. Uh, yeah, what was uh, what was the experience of finally getting to see this um, live action portrayal of the the famous icon of the American? pop culture <laughs> well i will say uh i i am and have always been a barbie girl i had tons of barbies i actually had the workout barbie that went along with the workout tape you're talking yes. about <laughs> oh my god i love that yeah i'm like i had the barbies and then when i got older i have a daughter who's 10 and so i of course i bought her her own barbies but my mom of course hoarded barbies because apparently that's what mothers do per the movie um and so i passed it down to her and of course of course being a mom that movie i was like oh, it's gonna be so funny it's gonna be so cute i'm also apparently gonna get emotionally gut punched <laughs> at the end i was i had heard like whisperings but man i did not expect to like sob in this movie wearing all pink ridiculously dressed up with and i had my daughter with me and my husband went too but she was like why are you crying and he was like shh your mother's having a moment and I'm just like <laughs> crying. It was a great time. Um, but I mean, overall perfect casting. The movie was amazing. And I've actually heard that like Greta Gerwig has been asked about a sequel and she was like, I don't think it needs one. She was like everything I wanted to say, everything I wanted to accomplish, everything that I wanted to come across like did. She's like, I don't think it needs anything else. And honestly, like I agree. Like I was, it was just so good. It's like been one of the movies that I've been really excited for and I wasn't let down. I mean, not that other movies have let me down. It's just like I had really high expectations and I feel like they delivered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, cue the Team America theme. I know we're a bit removed of uh, 4th of July <laughs> at this point, but uh, America, F yeah. I'm talking about, of course, <laughs> oh, yes. MVP of the yeah. Team, uh, Oh my America gosh, the Carrera, queen. But, <laughs> uh, Laura, what did you think? Yeah, so it's one of the two films I've seen twice this year for the first time in a very long time. The other one, Little Mermaid. Um, and it was a really cool like event experience. The first time I went, it was like a um, Barbie blowout party pre-screening or something. And so everybody, of course, was in pink. There was somebody there in the original black and white um, swimsuit with the hair done just perfectly. So everybody was so... And I've never experienced this in the theater before, but there were two moments in the film where the entire room started clapping, like mid film. And I was like, and people were like reacting like, mm, like just like, yes, like just very like verbally, non-verbally, just like the, there was such an energy going into this that like I kind of anticipated, but I didn't anticipate to that degree. It was just such a cool experience and also a film that I'm definitely going to be revisiting because it's 
it's just really hit a lot of things on my mind that were heavy on my heart. I'm somebody that deals with existential dread all the time, but also I love pink and Barbies. And I've been a Barbie girl for years and years. I love the Barbie cinematic universe going back to the animated films. I am a ballet dancer, so I loved the Nutcracker, Swan Lake, all of those. And uh, so it's really cool to see her in live action and also in, in a way that reminded me, but wasn't exactly like a copy of like another one of my favorite Disney movies, Enchanted, where it's kind of bringing in the reality to the fantasy and confronting these like human emotions for the first time. It's really like I can't stop thinking about it. It's so good. Yeah, great comparison. Uh, I heard one commentator describe this summer 2023 as containing uh, three films that are uh, about existential crises that all take place in a commune in the desert, <laughs> those being Oppenheimer, Asteroid City, and Barbie. <laughs> kind Amazing. Of uh, existential crises, of course, being the theme. I, I ha actually haven't seen Asteroid City. I'm assuming it deals with that. Seems like there's like a alien subplot, and I guess dealing with like the discovery of... Uh, intelligent life outside of earth probably oh, wow. involves a lot of existential crises i, I would under you know yeah. so did I, you do the barbenheimer double feature uh but yeah the, uh oppenheimer of course the creation of the atomic bomb i i saw them back to back days i believe yeah, yeah. i saw oppenheimer on a sunday and then barbie on a monday the first time uh i don't know two movies in one day can kind of wear me out um some, sometimes the second one will i'll just be uh, wanting to throw things at the screen by the time because I'm just too exhausted. Um, but you know, I'm sure it's a fun time. I I would say see them either order. It probably doesn't really matter. It just depends on your mood. But Oppenheimer, I mean, that's a bit of a marathon, three hour long film, and this is kind of a nice. It's you know almost two hours, but it goes down easy. I, I've I've seen it twice now. I need to see Oppenheimer again though too. So. I don't know. I, I see a lot of movies at the movie theater. I know it's uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to to get out, but uh, it's it's cool to see that the, these uh, films that were released on the same day are finding resonance among audiences in a summer when uh, we've seen a lot of disappointments. So, yeah, um, you, you guys, uh, let's see. Bridget, you probably haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, right? No, it's it's on our list, but we were going to do a double feature. But then Scarlett was like, I want to see Barbie, too. And so we were like, I don't think Oppenheimer's up her alley. And she's kind of young. So I was like, yeah, we'll just do Barbie then. So we're going to make time to go see it at some point. Because my husband almost worked at Los Alamos. So, oh, wow. yeah, he, he got a job offer. But my family is in Georgia. So we were like, I was like, I would love not to live in New Mexico in the mountains if we yeah. could do that. So he took a different job and we stayed in Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. Yeah. So he, yeah. he's like very, he like knows a lot about it that I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it's quite the, the, I mean, it's the land of enchantment certainly, but uh, <laughs> there it is well. Um, and Laura, you, you say you've seen Oppenheimer? Okay. I haven't seen it. I'm still debating. I'm like, do I want to see it in theaters? Should I wait for streaming? I'm kind of figuring that out for myself. But I think eventually I will definitely be seeing it. Yeah. I mean, the three films I referenced, I think, are varying levels of abstract in their depiction of reality. And Barbie being the most so is a very heightened kind of universe created by Greta Gerwig. <clears throat> Sorry, where 
Barbie. I mean, Barbie. I don't know if it, her canon name for the doll is is Bar Barbara. Uh, uh, Ruth uh, Barbara Millicent Roberts Handler. is her um, oh, Handler. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but but or, or, yeah. Have a full name. Yeah, the character is like Barbara Millicent Roberts from Willows Creek, Wisconsin, or something like that. And then the obviously Ruth Handler is Ruth Handler and named her after her daughter. But yeah, I feel like the world associates Barbie with like Malibu, right? Right. Yeah. Malibu. We have Malibu Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. And and it kind of makes sense that when Barbie leaves her world, she ends up in Santa Monica, California, right on the beach. Around Venice uh, Beach. Like I yeah. that takes me back. I, I I love that area, even though it's like so it can be kind of like vapid and whatever. It's I don't know. There's something about it that's very fun for me. So I, I like that that's where she was instantly transport transported to. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, she she lives in a world, it's kind of this uh you know, strange like communal society where they don't they have like limited individual individuality limited individuality because uh there are so many barbies and there's there are multiple kens and, and there are a few oddballs in the mix but uh it's it's very strange <laughs> it's like they i guess all have individual distinct identities but you know it must be kind of tough having the same name uh, well okay so uh margot robbie is known as and you can tell it's a satire when she has a name like Stereotypical Barbie, because you would never see Mattel <laughs> release a doll called Stereotypical Barbie. I hope they do. I want that box to just say Stereotypical I... Barber. <laughs> I des I desperately want a weird Barbie. I'm like, you guys have to put on yes. a weird Barbie now. Yes. I want everyone to do weird Barbie at parties. I yeah. want to see cosplays. I'm like, I don't want to see the skating one. I want weird Barbie. <laughs> Please. Yeah, more weird Barbie and just weird it up like all the way. When you can really do anything, it's like, oh, well, your yeah. clothes inside out, paint Buzz your face cut. and marker. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, stereotypical Barbie is matched with a stereotypical Ken uh, for the most part. Although Ken gets a little bit uh, <laughs> groused if he feels like someone else is moving in on his territory. Of course, the stereotypical Ken is portrayed by Ryan Gosling, uh, and his biggest rival is. Uh, I don't know. Other, yeah, <laughs> just all the other Kens. All the other Kens. Yeah. Primarily Simu Liu's Ken. Uh, you know, you could ascribe a non-PC name like Asian Ken or something. I don't know. But that's kind of lazy. Uh, what should we call them? They're all beach. Ken. Beach. Yeah. They're yeah. All, they're all beach. I can't think of what his specific because a lot of them. Yeah. That, I guess that's the other thing that's unique about yeah. the Kens. They all just kind of. None of them. They ever, just like, exist. Yeah. There's no Nobel Prize Ken. They're all just like Ken at the beach. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the and, uh, endeavors to like increase diversity among the product line, you know, involve uh, branching out into different cultures and stuff. So I don't know how delicately they deal with that as the, you know, I don't have a comprehensive knowledge of the history of the Barbie uh, doll product line or Ken dolls. Uh, so I'm I'm sure it's rife with controversy, uh, understandably. And, you know, this movie addressed it a little bit. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I saw a little bit in my research, you know, there's things going back to like Francie dolls and there was a, uh, a doll called, you know, it was like, it, it had a very archaic sounding name, Francie, but implying that she was a, a black woman in, in this form of doll. And, and so there, like, there've been a lot of, uh, innovations, to the product and i'm sure 
some of them have gone over well and some of them not so much. So I, I'm interested to hear y'all's thoughts. I, I didn't do a ton of research because I thought maybe you guys would know a little more about the history of Barbie. So my, my cop out answer for being kind of lazy. <laughs> well, I will say like, so I thought it was interesting that they were like a lot of them were just Barbie because Barbie had friends that had different names. So you had like Teresa and then you had like her sisters, like Skipper and you had Chelsea and you had this one and that one. They all had a lot of them had different names to kind of differentiate like Teresa. Like she was like a white girl, possibly Hispanic with brown hair. So she was like brown haired Barbie, but she had a name. And it was the same thing. I don't remember exactly what the black girl Barbie's name was because I had a plethora. And then obviously you had ones that were like, you know, specifically thinged Barbie. So I had like a vet Barbie and a doctor Barbie. Mm -hmm. And then like, which is funny, they had Midge, which was hilarious that they had it in there because I'm like, I mean, I get like a kid might want to play with that, but it's like odd. Why would they want to play with that? Um, But Ken, so the the thing about Ken's and I had Ken dolls, I don't remember Ken's ever having a different name at all. They were just always a variant of Ken. (laughs) And I guess because they were like an accessory, they're not really like, the main thing that you want, at least as a girl who played with Barbies. So yeah, like, I think that, I think the little boy yeah. had names like, but Tom I don't remember or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think there was a Tommy because yeah. he went with like Skipper and Chelsea because they were the right. little, the smaller ones. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm like, I don't remember all their names, but yeah, they ba- basically, she had friends who were like different races and they all had different names. So I thought it was interesting, which I think now that they, they do it more of like, all right, these are just all Barbies and, and all different yeah. kind of races mm-hmm. and it's a Barbie. And so I'm like, so they could have included it, but I think it was probably just easier to be like, yeah, they're all Barbie. The end. Yeah. It's Barbie. <laughs> I have to ask that line. There was the specific line acknowledging Ken's kind of uselessness. When, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's when they're in the car together. Um, what, was that like one of the biggest laughs in your guys theater? Oh, yeah. Yeah. People really oh, there got were so many. Out of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it's funny because I noticed the same thing with me. Like growing up, I had a ton of Barbies, a ton of a couple of her friends, a couple like branded ones. I think I had one male doll and it actually wasn't Ken. It was like that period where Barbie and Ken like broke up and she was dating like this Australian surfer named Blaine or something. So (laughs) I had I had Blaine. Um, But yeah, it was like the one other like modern like other guy. So random. But yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Yeah, we we got introduced to um, what's the uh sugar daddy? Sugar's daddy. Oh, I, I don't know yeah. if that was yeah, sugar's the daddy, and then um, earring magic, earring magic, my earring favorite. Magic I'm so glad they included that. <laughs> I was screaming. I was like, if he's not in this movie, I'm I'm gonna lose it. But I'm so glad he was there. And he had he had a necklace, but he didn't have the infamous other necklace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so many references and Easter eggs. And I mean, it it's a movie. I mean, you. it sounds like most women who have seen it have loved it. Um, I thought it was very well made, very well constructed and well written. One of the most clever films, perhaps, uh, you know, I've, in terms of like a, a brand um, collaboration I've ever seen, but also um just of this year what a what a surprise and it's really skyrocketing in success uh you know to show for it yeah from Greta Gerwig I mean she's uh, made very successful highly culturally relevant films in the past you know Lady Bird and um 
uh, Little Women, um, and I'm I'm sure it's just her career's uh, taking flight. And of course, she actress in a, in a lot of famous things as well. So um, this is very impressive to see. Um, Noah Baumbach is a writer as well, and he's he's done a lot of famous things. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> 2023's Barbie potentially moving to outgross uh super mario brothers um i i feel like this movie um invites a lot of comparison to the lego movie um it's kind mm -hmm. of a wry comedy that's also a brand tie-in um and will ferrell yeah will ferrell yeah, yeah. <laughs> reprises his role as lord business <laughs> um, <laughs> but not it's certainly not derivative you know, I'm sure it's clearly something that Greta Gerwig came up with, you know, from the ground up. You know, she and Noah Baumbach. It's got a lot of personality and um, authorship behind it. Uh, a lot of um, originality. You know, that's what you've got to do if you're going to release a major tentpole within a, uh, you know, a, a franchise. There has to be a hook because uh, people are getting sick of franchises, frankly. Uh, and uh, there's yeah. all... The shift now to like brand movies. Um, right, Mattel and, Cinematic Universe incoming. <laughs> there's, there's maybe more creative freedom in that now, or it's just maybe a trend. I don't know. Like we had the Air movie, we, the Blackberry movie, Tetris. You know, all these different things. Um, so I don't know. Some things, some things don't need a movie. <laughs> True. So, True. Some things don't need it. <laughs> I guess as long as you can develop a good story around it, it doesn't matter. But we're seeing so many kind of half-baked stories, you know, developing around various brands lately that have uh, just not performed at, at the box office. And it's kind of understandable that people would wait until these things show up, you know, on streaming and not, you know, spend $50 plus on a movie outing with the entire family. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it gets like when I mean, we went to Elemental, which I was like, I'm going to see anyway, because it looks good. And I mean, I took my kids and, you know, that's 35 bucks. Mm -hmm. And we went during a matinee. We went during the day. <laughs> wow. And so I was like, I had heard it was cute already. Like I we waited like a few days and I was like, OK, I heard it's cute. It'll be enough to catch both of my kids attention. And so we'll go. But like I didn't take him to like Barbie because he wouldn't have gotten it. But yeah, which I actually read that they have surpassed Super Mario as like the top debut for the year oh, and they've wow, already right. earned like yeah they've already earned like 800 million worldwide it's so insane. Dang. yeah so, they and i think their budget was like 145 million at least that's that is insane said. wow yeah see i i can't you know profess to love this movie because it's not really for me but <laughs> it's it you know I, I like it a lot uh saw it twice but um i don't know there are a few things that a few lulls, I guess, throughout the film and, you know, just the way it is such a, a weird kind of abstract story, um, you know, that that prevent me from fully engaging at certain points. But w for you guys, did you ever feel disengaged by or was it real, just fully enrapture, enrapturing the whole time, would you say? Oh, yeah. Weirdly enough, this is I think also because the runtime was like fairly decent, like and also the crowd that I went with was just so into it. Like I never found myself really like drifting off or anything. I was just so like into it and just kind of excited and I didn't want to like look things up before so I didn't listen to the soundtrack I tried to limit the amount of trailers and clips I was watching I didn't want to look up the Ken song until I saw it happen on screen and I'm so glad I did because that was 
that was a moment that was one of the, the clap moments for, for our audience. But um, yeah, so I just felt really, just really engaged in it and had a great time both times. Yeah. Yeah. Your daughter as well, Bridget. Oh, so she actually loved it. I do think that there were some things that I don't know that she necessarily grasped. Cause I mean, she's 10. Um, Cause I actually, I kind of did the same thing. It came out the weekend of mine and my daughter's birthday. So it was Aww. like chaotic. So it was like her birthday and then her birthday party and then my birthday. And I tried to do something for myself cause it's my birthday too. But, <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to have time to see Barbie. So I have to avoid everything and everybody. So I like tried my best. I did see some like the discourse, like Ben Shapiro. And I was like, I'm not even gonna read that. It's not it's, it's pointless. Um, <laughs> and so, like, we finally got to go, and of course, like, I expected it to be like, oh, ha ha, funny. It's gonna be like super nostalgic, especially if you know Barbie. And then there was like the emotional notes, but then it like it does a good job of like bringing you back. And I do think like I have seen that it hasn't quite connected with men the way it has with women, but I think it's because like most girls I know. They had the Barbies. They played Barbies with their mom. If they've had kids, if they had girls, they passed on Barbies to their kids and they played them with their kids. And like, it was so, it was like, honestly, I was like, it was like my life, even though I, I'm not, I'm a little anxious, but I'm not quite as like dreadful, I guess, as Gloria, like, or depressed as she is. But it's like, I also have a preteen who wants nothing to do with me. And she thinks I'm super lame. We're all lame. Sometimes we're cool, mostly lame. And so I was like, wow, I relate a lot with the mom, but also like what? Weird. Um, so it was like, you know, the emotional note and then it like brings you back and it's like kind of like a little back and forth. But I like never felt bored. Everything like they hit their laughs every time. Like the beach off part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, of course. And we went and we were actually in a smaller theater. We weren't in a really big theater, but everyone that was in there was like the same way. The energy was like, you could like feel it. And like the everyone energy. was like laughing. Yeah, like energy. They were enough. Um, but they were like, everyone's laughing, everyone's reacting. And so it was like, man, like this movie, even with a smaller theater, was still like really good. Um, and yeah, my daughter, she loved it. She thought it was really funny. She, of course, like was not affected by the sad part. Uh, but I was like, well, it's because you're not a mom. You'll understand one day, maybe, if you decide to be one. But I'm like, you you don't understand. Um, but mm -hmm. even my husband loved it. Oh, gosh, I just hit my table. He, even he loved it, though, because he was like, because I'm not, some of the discourse was like, oh, it's like basically bashing men. It's a feminist movie. But he was like, honestly, he was like, if you think about it, it's like an everyone movie. Because exactly. at the end, yeah, yeah, they're like, at the end, we want Ken to be just more than like Barbie's boyfriend or Ken Beach. <laughs> they're like, we want <laughs> him to be more and like everyone should be everything. Why why be stuck in this like mold of what you should be? And so that's why we're like, well, we don't want everything to go back to normal because we want the Kens to be like, you know, a small circuit judge, <laughs> like a circuit court judge <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. Just like how they want the real world to be where like women are also doing that. And so he was like, yeah, he was like, he was like, that was a really like insightful film that you would not expect based on yes. like the subject. And he was like, yeah, he was like, so men who were like, oh, this is like bashing men. He was like, they obviously just didn't understand. Like maybe they should watch it again. 
And that's why I was like, yeah, you got to like tie them down, get out style and like watch it. They have to watch it until they understand. I mean, that's um. a great point. Yeah, because this film, like you don't expect it going in to elicit such kind of emotions and and also these conversations and discussions that are happening about vulnerability and um, aging and just kind of existing in the modern world and trying to find your identity and whatnot. Um, for me, the scene on the bench, like that actually made me cry. I... Because, you know, just a little while ago, Barbie's kind of worrying about cellulite. But then she sees this this woman who was probably like in her 90s and she looks at her and she's like, you're so beautiful. And then she's like, I know it. And they have this like beautiful connection. And like, I mean, for me, as somebody who's a performer and is in the performing arts industry, like there's such a like this feeling, especially being a woman in the industry, like you have to be the youngest, prettiest person in the room. If not, you will be replaced by the next one. And it's just this moment of like recognition of beauty coming in so many different forms. And also, I mean, the fact that nobody ages in Barbie land, but uh, how lucky we all would be to make it that far. Like there is such beauty in that. And so that that like really got to me. That was that was a moment. And that was a scene that ne nearly got cut. And Greta had to really campaign for that. And I'm so glad she did because that was that was a real standout moment for me, even as, as short as it was. But yeah, it was very. Oh, no, and I... oh go ahead. <laughs> oh, poignant. I mean, the, the way Barbie, I, it's it's sort of a tutorial in. I mean, it, 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 you know, yoga, yogic meditation. She's kind yes. of sitting mm -hmm. down, quieting herself, trying to listen to hear the girl who connected with her in in the Barbie land in Barbie you know what do we call it Barbie land Barbie it's Barbie land yeah. that's what it says over it is Barbie land right. um and and yeah she has this connection to someone in the real world who she's now trying to find and and now in order to you know find this person yeah she she just needs to reach within herself kind of use the force if you will but yeah she's <laughs> And then she has this really deep kind of intimate moment with uh, with just another person on the street. Um, and it's just it's just really touching. Uh, Bridget, though, you you go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I thought it was like kind of what you're talking about. Like, because I know some people who like didn't want to take their kids because there's like, you know, some more adult jokes. And that's why I was like, I'm pretty sure they went over her head, but she laughed because we were laughing. <laughs> um, but I was I thought that was important to show because like, I mean, even like I struggle with that because I'm like oh like I mean yeah I'm a mom but like I also I do I perform and I'm like one day I'm gonna age out of being a princess and I'm like I'm just like same here dreading yeah. I'm <laughs> dreading the day that someone's gonna be like you look too old to be Belle and I'll be like oh, okay <laughs> please no um but yeah and there's like so much and I mean and maybe it's like you know a society thing but I mean guys also feel it like you have to have washboard abs and you have to have perfect skin and you can't have wrinkles and it doesn't matter how old you get and it kind of harkens back to like Gloria's whole like spiel monologue that she has. It's oh, like, yeah. you have to do this, but if you don't do it this way, then it's bad. But if you do it this way, then it's also bad. And actually it's just all bad. Everything's yeah, bad. Impossible. Everyone expects yeah. you. Yeah. They expect you to be mm -hmm. perfect. And it's just not like, and like, it's just not like plausible. And that's something I've tried like as an adult, especially like, you know, as a role model for my own daughter that I don't want to have like to be like freaked out by cellulite. Cause I'm, you know, it's a normal person thing. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, like, don't, don't say this, like, don't talk about your body. Like, don't be like, oh, I'm so fat. Mm -hmm. Like, like, just don't pick about your body. But it's like, it's so hard though, because it's like ingrained in us at this point. So I thought it was like a really like poignant moment to like show that it's like, yeah, you're beautiful. Like, regardless of your age, 
what you look like if you have cellulite, even though Barbie did not want cellulite. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like I agree. And I'm like, I'm glad that they put that in there and that she was able to like keep that in there. Cause it's like, it's good yeah. for kids to see that too, as they get older. Cause I'm like, who knows? She might rewatch that movie in 10 years and be like, oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense now that I'm 20. <laughs> yeah. It's great for kids to see that. I mean, it's, it's interesting the same week that this movie came out on TikTok, there was this huge trend of this like filter that makes you old and all these like dermatologists were saying it's fairly accurate actually. And people, I would just see videos scrolling down of like, oh, I'm so scared. I look like a prune. And like people are just being so, so, so sad to their, their older self or a projection of their older self. And, you know, stuff like this helps me kind of realize kind of how again like how lucky we all would be if we got to that point and and seeing the beauty in it and how I don't know it's just an interesting perspective that doesn't get shown a lot and I'm I'm really glad that they did show it yeah I know we you know this is a great detail to pick up on but uh I guess one other note uh the the woman on the bench is portrayed by Anne Roth who's a costume designer Uh, worked on things as recently as Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, uh, as well as uh, Noah Baumbach's most recent film, White Noise. Um, so, yeah, no- Noah Baumbach, he's, um, I'm, I'm just trying to pull up his filmography. Didn't he do like the, yeah, the Marriage Story and um, oh, okay, yeah. Stories. Yeah, and, and then White Noise, which I haven't seen. I, I got to check that out. It's on Netflix, I think. So. Yeah. Um, Oh gosh! Speaking of like uh, the state of the movie, it's such a fascinating time in Hollywood right now. Of course, we got the, mm-hmm. the strikes and then streaming and AI and and weird kind of situation at the box office. Are people just totally fatigued with franchises, or uh, are they just waiting for for a good story? Do they, you know, want a, a fun narrative like an op or a Barbenheimer? event to kind of come along to you know revitalize things because it is kind of you know um inordinate that uh or incongruous you know to have the biggest uh successes of the summer be two movies two blockbusters that came out on the same day you would think they would cannibalize each other but it it uh it did the it, it's a great story of collaboration of cooperation and reconciliation uh you know kind of like uh, the barbies and the kens you know the men and the women yeah. instead of you know annihilating each other they're reconciling they're they're working together and and realizing their strengths complementing each other instead of you know, doing what, you know, the, the most, you know, uh, cynical results of uh, patriarchy will do. And that's, uh, you know, work to promote men at the expense of women. And it, it just doesn't have to be that way because we're humans and we have the ability to recognize the inherent dignity of others. Um, and, and that kind of starts as this movie effectively uh, recognizes by, by, uh, identifying the dignity within ourselves <laughs> yeah i had to i had to explain what the patriarchy was uh before oh, the movie started yeah well because well, i was like have you well cause that was one thing i had heard it was like oh the patriarchy mm-hmm. and they were like because i i'm in mom groups and people were like oh if you do take your younger kids there's like some keywords you might want to explain and so i was like good do idea you, i was like do you know what the patriarchy is and she was like i've heard the word i don't think i know what it means so i explained it to her and she's like 
okay. And then afterwards she was like, I don't think that's what they really wanted. I think that they like just wanted everyone to have fun and like have a job. And I was like, you're right. You know what? You're the future. The kids are all right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you, you guys are fine. You guys are fine. <laughs> it's such a multi-layered film. That's the beauty of this movie. It's yeah. Writing on numerous numerous levels well and it's funny because they have like this kind of like deep message almost but it's like it's just, it was so funny like the movie was just so funny there's so many funny yes. bits like him thinking the patriarchy was actually ran by horses horses oh yeah he was like he was like yeah once i realized it wasn't ran by horses i was kind of not about it anymore and i was like i love that i love that yeah. for you <laughs> he's a horse girl yeah 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 i what would the kin the Kin Mojo Dojo Casa House. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I love the idea that these are impacting the real world. And as these yeah. ideas are being conceived in Barbie land, uh, it, it's, you know, corresponding to a, a product being introduced. Oh my God, I want the depression Barbie. Like that was me. Like what they called out the 2007 Pride and Prejudice. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Or yes. you see what? Yeah. We watched that in high school because I had my AP lit teacher was obsessed with all Jane Austen stuff. And we had read it and she was like, now we have to watch it. And I was like, I was like, I felt like I was having like PTSD. I was like, oh, gosh, I forgot this movie existed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I guess the comfort viewing. Is that the kind of movie that you would just put on to uh, or? Is it a singular film? I'm sure I, there have been several. Adaptations. There are a couple adaptations, and that, yeah. that's just one of them. And it's it's a story that definitely, if you're in the feels and you just want to like just be emotional for a minute, yeah. like you'll turn that on. Like especially if you've got like relationship stuff going or whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good one. Let it. I say, women have the have the movies where you just you know you're gonna cry a little bit, <laughs> and yeah. that's that was hers, I guess. I think this movie will be an effective version of that. Yeah, I can see it already. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to like fast forward over all the mom daughter stuff. And then I'm just here for the laughs at this point. I was like, do I want to watch it again? I've already cried out all my tears. It's we're here. Yeah. (laughs) I was like trying to find napkins. I was like, where are all the napkins? My makeup's running. (laughs) Yeah, I almost try to be prepared going into movies, you know, grab grab some napkins, you know, no matter, you know, what I purchased at the concession stand. so maybe to lay out a, a bit of context with the premise of the film, you know, we talked about existential crises and essentially, yeah, Margot Robbie's, you know, they're living in this communal society that's kind of like they're almost a hive mind in a way. They don't question anything. Everything's very strange. Nothing's real. It's it's a toy world. Uh, you know, it's like very abstract and kind of, you know, movie logic that allows you to accept that these are sort of living, breathing uh, corporeal dolls um, you know, portrayed by live action actresses and, and actors as the cans, you know, that are um, able to kind of live this idyllic lifestyle, even though this world that they're inhabiting is, you know, would leave a lot to be desired if any one of us tried to go there. You know, none of the food's real. The water isn't real. It would, that would be really annoying. So like, as far as fictional universes go, uh, this isn't one I would necessarily want to visit. Uh, But I guess it works for them because they just, they're programmed not, not to think about it. Well, they're programmed to be pretend yeah. to be played. Yeah. With. You play yeah. pretend. Barbie doesn't. Yeah, Barbie doesn't drink water. She doesn't go down the stairs. 
She just floats. Yeah. That was a beautiful they don't actually swim in the pool. Yeah. I'm like, they don't swim in the pool. Well, it's funny because my daughter has a Barbie dream house. She wow, doesn't play Barbies cool. with it. She plays it with the LOL dolls, but it has the slide that goes down to the pool. Yeah. Like, and you, they, there's no stairs. It's just levels. <laughs> they just right. go yeah. right, just, right mm-hmm. to the ground. There's real whip topping and like the toaster does function like a real toaster. She doesn't actually eat the uh, waffle that comes out of it, but it, you know, there is a, uh, you know, whipped cream. Uh, I don't know. I, th- is that something from an actual Barbie set, like a real fake, you know, or I know there are kids play sets that actually have like electrical components. Yeah, right? Like easy bake, or- stuff like that. I don't know if easy bake and Barbie ever did a tie in, but. I'm sure I don't like in think the 90s so. I yeah. something something similar could have happened but well and they might yeah. have had something where you like pushed it down and then you like push a button and the thing pops oh, out yeah. but I uh-huh. wouldn't be surprised by something like yeah. that because I know like we have so much Barbie stuff in my lifetime and so it was literally like they had the things that you would like flip the table and now it's a different kind of table oh, yeah you could, mm-hmm. like the light turns on in the oven and things like that so I imagine maybe it's like a callback to something like that but there's literally so much stuff so many. in the last However, so many years, like my Nana has the original swimsuit Barbie, oh, like amazing. the OG. She still has it. It's not in the box, but I was like, keep that. Um, yeah, keep it forever. <laughs> I have the Malibu swimsuit one. It's not an original, but it was a reissue and I still have it in its box. It's yeah. Monolith Barbie. That That's the one right from the. Yeah. Yeah. Closer. Uh, that's the OG. OG. The OG original. Exactly. Anyway, my Nana was born in the 50s, so she has it. She has that Barbie still. So I am referring to, yeah, it opens with that 2001 Space Odyssey sequence. The, Strauss. The trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's an effective. I think that there is a bit cut from that scene. I, I, I noticed like there there's a moment where you see, you know, Barbie, uh, the statue from the legs down. And it is like a plastic oh. statue. But then when it cuts to the wide of her full body it's Margot Robbie so I yeah. seems like they did build like a life or a, a giant plastic Barbie doll that they, that's what I'm see. hearing there were a lot of practical effects that I didn't realize were practical effects until after I saw the film and there were like these little behind the scenes featurettes it completely blew my mind like just the set design of Barbie land in general just beautiful to look at and so much of it is like physical practical effects um the the statue as well and then once we get onto the the transportation scenes those that pan that they do that was all that was all practical i don't know how exactly they mm-hmm. did it but i was losing my mind at that it was some they, genuinely cool magic it was like a remote control uh yeah car. Okay, so they actually yeah. they yeah they they built it like you know based on the old cars um because they wanted it to be like 50s-esque but they said that they literally like built the whole car from scratch, had to build the body, and then it was remote control so that when she's in it, she doesn't actually have to drive. They're like, Smart. someone was driving it for her so she can, you know, not pay attention and be turning around and saying hi Just to wait. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic 50s era C1 Corvette, but not really because it has two rows of seats. And uh, so, yeah, I guess it, it probably just didn't ha- even have necessarily any original Cor- Chevy Corvette parts. Uh, it, they they built uh, it all completely. I read uh, about it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Uh, give me one of those. Just uh, I can pretend I I have a car that's vintage and uh, but no, it was actually custom built. Uh, you know that would be. I don't know. It'd still be cool uh, as long as it can drive fast. I guess that that'd be my main concern. Throw a V eight in there. Um, <laughs> the uh, 
references to other Stanley Kubrick uh, works. Uh, there's a Shining reference, which was kind of funny. Uh, so I don't know, maybe that's Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach flexing their uh, cinephile sensibilities. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot randomly, and I loved. Um... They, I saw this first in the trailer and I was, it was cool to see it expanded upon just Wizard of Oz references here and there and how this is really kind of a Wizard of Oz story in a way. Um, she starts out in this like pink gingham gown that's very Dorothy Gale. And then you see the cinema is playing Wizard of Oz. And then obviously, you know, she goes to the real world. It's like this big transformation. Um, just a lot of different things here and there related to Wizard of Oz. I was, I was tickled to see that. Hmm. Yeah, good. Well, they even had a callback. Do you guys remember the movie Step Up that was on Ooh. Disney? Oh, I think so. The dance movie. When we right? were like, when like, yeah, yeah. we were like teenagers. Uh-huh. So America Ferrera was oh, the main right. person in it. And at the end, when her husband's speaking in Spanish and he goes, Si se puede. Oh, she says yeah. that in the movie. I my husband was like what's so funny about that and i was like that was like the main tagline in the movie was si se puede and i was like i was like they did not just do a callback to that i was so tickled so that was probably my favorite one wow yeah yeah Yeah, that and like the nsync one the nsync uh (laughs) the one that when alan's like they're all they're all alan they're all they're all alan's yeah they're all alan's but i did i read that that one uh, greta gerwig yeah I heard that uh I read that Greta Gerwig actually like gifted him like some like photo disc of NSYNC before. Oh, wow. So then it was like a fun little tie back to the script. Cute. Very they're cute. all they're all Allens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Um yeah, what else? Uh got uh okay, so Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach are a married couple. I, I just found Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that. I didn't know that. That's so random. Wow. We all learned something new today. Yeah. <laughs> Bombag was previously married to Jennifer Jason Leigh. Looks not to, you know, oh. dox oh. all the <laughs> dirt here, but just, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously these, yeah, it, it takes a certain level of creativity and um, genius, shall we say, to, to, really stand out in in the pop culture landscape uh when you know we see other similar projects really just collapse i I think barbie could have been perhaps uh, a catastrophic level failure if uh, in the wrong hands because i'm I'm trying to sure yeah yeah, there are other other examples recently even well i mean the flash look at you know Mm -hmm. how that just it was trying to yeah. capitalize on so many uh, famous references and, you know, just this event piece of, you know, characters coming together, a la the Avengers, but just nobody having any, you know, no nobody could possibly be bothered. Um, well, that and like all the controversy surrounding yeah. Ezra Miller also like turned people off. They're like, I don't want to sure. see it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was yeah. honestly surprised that they were still going with it. And I was like, I yeah, mean, I'm like, that's ballsy. Yeah, because everything was shut down for a while. I'm like, well, you have time to reshoot, recast, possibly. I mean, it might be too expensive at this point, but I mean, probably. they had time to. They yeah. could use the guy from the TV show. You already know he could right? be the Flash. Right? Oh <laughs> you just gosh. recast him like they're doing with The Witcher. Much to yeah. my, my sadness. Uh, <laughs> well, and it's not just that. They're, um, I'm trying to... Oh god, it's it's sort of 
well, Elemental from Pixar, you know, it was a, an original idea, but also just so reminiscent of kind of the formula that you've seen, you know, not just from Pixar, but a lot of Pixar imitators, you know, the you know anthropomorphic version of some you know, of X, you know. Uh, yeah, what if we gave X feelings? Emotions, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. What if emotions? I, it was very emotions? like... <laughs> Yeah, it always I always say it kind of it, like the most it reminds me of is inside out, which I'm like, I know mm. that they're actually like they are actual emotions within someone's head. And these are like elements that are not in someone's head. But I'm like, I I really liked Elemental, but I was like, it's I mean, they're going they're like, clearly this works. We'll just keep doing this. What if this other thing had feelings? And I'm like, what's next? What what gets feelings yeah. next? <laughs> yeah, well, Barbie is just so huge. Um, there's a lot wrapped up in in that name and that brand um you know, a lot of concern about studios and mattel taking all the wrong lessons mm -hmm. from the success of this film and just now pumping out just a string of cynical cash grab brand tie-ins um that, that are meant to resemble you know something like a, a an, an adaptation of the barbie brand but if not handled correctly or if overly derivative even mm -hmm. of this particular uh, attempt at, at um you know brand synergy uh where where it is sort of a satire and and it is poking fun at the product um if if you just keep doing this sort of you know wink wink self-aware parody uh that's going to get stale pretty quickly so like you really just have to always be iterating with these things, but it's just, you can see kind of the writing on the wall. There'll be so many just cheap imitations of Barbie probably. It's already begun. There's a yeah. Polly Pocket in the works by Lena Dunham. Um, I'm like, I don't know. And I was a girl that loved Polly Pockets, all the different versions of them, the little ones and the plastic ones. Like, yeah, but still I'm like, I the thing is with that character, it's not, gonna ha I, I don't see her as like having the same kind of cultural like you know oh. impact that barbie does because you say barbie and you think a million things you think of just like i mean all the careers she's had all the the moms that have not let their kids have barbies but all the, the moms that do let their kids and then you know pass them down like it's such a it's such a thing that's just been talked about in uh, society for, I mean, yeah, since the 50s, quite honestly. So it's like, I'm curious what direction they're going to take that in. And I, I'm i just kind of dreading that there's going to be um, this sort of resurgence. And I hope that, but I hope it's done with a lot of heart because um, that's when it really does land. Um, and I love an affectionate parody, but that's the whole thing of it. It needs to be affectionate at the end of the day and not just like hey, hey, hoo, like it's a thing that you know we're gonna wave this thing that you know in your face and it's just yeah and what do you have to say about it like it's just what are your thoughts on the world like I don't know like so that's why I really like this film it offers some really unique perspectives and um and discussions that don't often get talked about um and surrounding this like cultural touch point that we all recognize and um so it's just seeing it in a new light that is really refreshing so much yeah so uh, so much heart really contained in it. and i guess a, a recent example of a movie i i really enjoyed uh, i mean audiences haven't seemed to really you know care one way or the other 
in terms of box office, but um, the the most recent Indiana Jones movie, Dial of mm. Destiny, it's it only it has yet to even surpass, I think, all of the original three films from the 80s, which oh, is wow. terrible, you know, for a movie released in 2023. Um, so like it, it, a big disappointment uh, for, for a movie that I think has been received generally positively among fans. Uh, but yeah, the broader audience doesn't seem to care that much. Mission Impossible most recently is, has had disappointing box office results. Um, I enjoyed that. It was as good as uh, Mission Impossible film you know ought to be. And uh, you know, the, even some of these streaming shows lately have been kind of coming under criticism. Um, Marvel's Secret Wars with. Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn just been getting excoriated. <laughs> it's been raked over the coals uh, lately with, uh, you know, some of these just really kind of half-baked offerings that we've seen on, on streaming services. Um, when I wonder, like, I wonder if it's like burnout. Because like, I know, like, my yeah. husband, he doesn't, like, I, I've watched, like, She-Hulk, and I watched Miss Marvel. And honestly, I think that the the Marvel, I can't remember what it's called, but the one with all the Marvels, mm, um, yeah. that movie's coming out soon. Well, I guess in the future. I don't know when. But I was like, oh, we saw the, the preview for it. And I was like, oh, that looks cute. And, like, he's so burnt out on superhero mm -hmm. movies. He was I like, feel. after Endgame. Yeah. yeah, he's like, after Endgame, it's just like, he's like, I don't, he was like, how do you top that? He was like, the thing is, is that when Endgame happened, that was like the first time it happened. It was like, oh, wow, this is so crazy. And he was like, but it just feels like they're they're just trying to introduce all these new people to do another endgame. He's mm -hmm. like, you have to do something different. And I, I think that's a lot of what's happening right now is that like you're seeing a lot of sequels for like nostalgia, cash grabs, kind of. You're seeing a lot of remakes for the same reason. Because like, of course, like I want to see movies that I remember as a kid, but I don't want them to like cheapen it just because they want to make some more money off of me. Like, True. and I'm like, like, make it good, make it good. Mm -hmm. So that it's like, oh, yes, this stands out against the original I saw when I was six. Yeah. And so I'm like, I guess that's what's happening. Because like Indiana Jones, like I was never a big fan of Indiana Jones. I've watched them. But I was like, oh, I'll watch that if it comes on streaming. But I'm not going to go pay to see that Mission Impossible. I, I could care less. <laughs> I'd watch it if it was on Netflix, but I'm like, not going to go pay to see it. Um, and I'm like, I'm probably not the demographic for Mission Impossible. That's probably the problem. But yeah, it's just like a lot of the movies, like when we saw Barbie and it was so funny, my husband was like, I bet you $5, not one preview is original content. He's like, yeah. not one of these previews is going to be an original movie. And none of them were. It was nope. like Wonka. Yeah. It was Marvel. Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. Haunted Mansion. Mm -hmm. They were all things that have been done that we've seen the story a hundred times. And I'm like, well, I guess I owe you $5. Yeah. Like major crickets. <laughs> yeah. Major crickets. Yeah. Um, and, and, Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones, they should have both been easy billion dollar grocers worldwide. That was the expectation, of course. Mm -hmm. And the budgets reflect that for these films. Uh, Haunted Mansion had a huge budget as far yeah. as uh, very promising as well. I, everybody was really it looks. Yeah, yeah. it looks amusing. But I'm like, do I want to go see? I was like, I'll probably take my kids to see it. I think mm -hmm. they'd enjoy it. They haven't seen the original. They haven't seen the Eddie Murphy one. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the one that I grew one. up with. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the ride. With. I love the lore of it. And I was really excited to see them bring in aspects of the lore with like Madame Leota and like Constance Hatchaway, the bride, like, you know, just bringing that aspect into the story of the ride and whatnot. 
Um, but I'm hearing a lot of mixed things about it. So I'm like, hmm, don't know. Oh, I, yeah. I guess my daughter has seen the Muppet one. The Muppet oh, the Muppet one is great. I love <laughs> yeah, the Muppet Yeah, she's seen one. that one. We, we've watched that one. And well, we rode the ride. So she rode it. We went, yeah, the last yeah. time we went, she was six. And so I was like, yeah, this is a this is based on the thing that we watched. And I'm like, you have to watch it. So I'm like, I'm like, it's maybe. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think there'll be a right side. I mean, we're not going to stop getting movies. I, and I do root for theaters because I, I do enjoy the theatrical experience. Um, but you know, there'll be a right sizing where you're just not seeing the huge inflated budget so much. And we probably don't need it because you can do mm. effective visual effects on a lower budget nowadays. It's, we have the tools, um, but it's just kind of the glut that is part of the status quo of the major blockbuster cinema. And uh, we don't need to set out to make a film expecting that's going to make an easy billion dollars because that's just not guaranteed anymore. I, I'm sure Warner Brothers had no idea Barbie was going to make billions of dollars at the box office. I mean, thank God now to cover the the bomb that was The Flash and, and I think a few other failures that they've experienced recently. I mean, Oppenheimer, that's universal. They had Ruby Gilman, teenage Kraken, uh, mm. doing absolutely nothing. Uh, Hot off the heels say, of Little Mermaid. Yes. Yeah. So Scarlett watched that and she said it was kind of funny. And I was like, okay, okay. I, I haven't uh, seen it. But I she's did. like, it's kind of funny. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, like I saw a uh, great movie, uh, Talk to Me. It was mm. fantastic. And that's a, a new film from A24, made $10 million. Oh, yeah. Again. Mm-hmm or movie cost like four million dollars australian yeah uh, and h24 is one of the few studios out there that has been able to negotiate with writers and actors so mm-hmm. i appreciate i mean if a small relatively smaller studio can do it surely these big budget studios can also potentially in the future and i don't know what's yeah so i i, I really i i hope we can see more films like you know like barbie but also like moonlight as well like film films that are really beautifully artistic but don't have this like crazy budget but still can like beyond recoup and do fantastically well like I'm always rooting for for artistic films like that yeah it's fun to kind of gawk at these massive companies and it's just unfortunate that what happens to them you know has trickle down effect to the kinds of people who are striking right now and trying to earn a, a living um, and they're struggling <laughs> and that's just no f- fun to see, you know, when, you know, these, these companies are spending billions of dollars and, you know, people are just kind of shrugging, uh, as, uh, in response. I guess, uh, the b- best remedy is for people to go out and make their own stuff and, and use their creative power to the best of their uh, abilities in whatever venue they can uh, unfortunately just the best opportunities people get in order to do that is through the the system these major studios and and right now the studios are uh doa in terms of the uh what was the word i'm looking for the, the negotiating that's that's going on so yeah i uh, uh i think we'll start to wrap up on barbie but yeah kind of kind of crazy that <laughs> this film um you know we're looking at uh it's already yeah over 800 million worldwide um Oof. after only a couple of weekends um so <laughs> uh 
the movies are back. It's just depends on which one. Um, yeah. Well, what else uh, should we cover here before we sign off? I really want Greta Gerwig to do more musicals, please. Like anytime there was a musical sequence in this film, I was like, she has such a great eye and ear for how these kind of sequences work. Like the the dance, the night, the Dua Lipa scene, everybody was just on it. It was beautiful, fantastic energy. Um, and obviously the Ken song was just, just brilliant. Um, and, and, you know, just like all the homages that she does to like Grease and, um, and other like musical films that I, it just makes me want to see more of that and like more musicals uh, that are big budget films or small budget films, just like more blockbustery musicals, please. I have a great time seeing them. <laughs> Same. I'm a big musical girl. And honestly, so the Ken like fight scene and the whole dancing, my husband said it was his favorite part because he was like, you know, <laughs> especially like as a guy, because, you know, it does talk about like how guys and like are supposed to be and how in this world they're like just accessories. And he was like, yeah, he was like, it's kind of funny. He was like, you don't really think about it. But he's like, we're always kind of like we're kind of taught to like compete against each other as men. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so it was just nice to just like you know, they're just fighting it out and then they all get they get along at the end and they're like, yeah, I just want to have a tickle fight and I want to like do this and compliment my friends. And like, it's not all about competing for things. We can just, you know, have emotions and be Amazing. people too. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, he was like, that was my favorite part. He was like, I, he's like, I want to watch it again just for that. Specifically. Yeah, I'm glad he could <laughs> resonate with that. And it's just like, it's just a cool thing that a lot of people can feel some sort of representation from this film, not just from you know the divide the divide between the Barbies and Kens, but just seeing even within that and outside of that, like there's there's a character in this film for everyone in some way, or a moment in this film for everyone to to reflect on and be like, oh, you know, I felt like that before, or that 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 really that really hit me in a way that I didn't expect to, or so that's something I really appreciate about this film. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the, par- the Barbie when she's dancing and she's like, you guys ever think about dying? I was like, me? I feel seen. <laughs> I feel yes. seen. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, let's keep dancing. <laughs> I was like, yes, that, in which I'd seen it on the previews, but I was like, mm-hmm. I resonate. <laughs> Very salient than the moment when they arrive on the beach uh, in, in the crazy <laughs> costumes and rollerblades and, you know, Ken's feeling great. He's feeling empowered. And yeah, you know, Barbie's like, oh, I feel mildly <laughs> undertones of violence. Yeah. I'm like, She's oh, like, yeah. I feel good. Rectified. Welcome. They get him. She's like, I need some feminine energy. And she goes over to the guys and they're like saying stuff. And she's like, I don't have a vagina and he doesn't have a penis. I, my daughter got that part. And that was very funny. <laughs> there were so many little like quips here. Like the, the girl calling Barbie a fascist, like our entire theater yes. like erupted at that. Like there's just so many little one-liners that just, well, like uh, they just hit in such a way or the Supreme court, like that little moment. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like uh, Margot Robbie, well, when she's Barbie and she's like, I'm just so ugly and everyone thinks I'm ugly and I'm gross. And then Helen Mirren's like, ah, yes, a note to the directors. This doesn't really come across when Margot Robbie's the actress. And it's like, yes. yeah, she's crying and she looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, she's a and you're like, 10 yeah, of 10, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you look gross. And I do. Yeah. So when she was like falling apart and she like falls over and then she just lays flat she laid she was so rigid like a barbie lays when you just throw it on the ground yeah and i was like perfect i was like honestly everyone 10 out of 10 i was Mm -hmm. like helen mirren's narrator margot robbie is barbie which i will say when we were talking about like because it's mattel and mattel wants to protect 
its mm. Barbie image, apparently, like, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, like, had to go to bat with, Ooh. like, so many scenes because Mattel would be like, ooh, what, what, uh, we don't think we're going to love this. And so, like, or they, like, read the script and they wanted to scratch stuff. And so, like, Margot Robbie apparently, like, went to them and met with them and was like, this is what it's going to be. This is the scene. Like, keep it in here, please. Like, yeah. and it's like the... I think Sasha, the daughter, that was her name when mm-hmm. she's like, oh yeah, you're a fascist and you're this and blah, 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 blah. And apparently they were like, they kind of like put that in there because they were like, it's kind of like saying it before anyone else does. They're mm. Like, oh, Barbie's not a good role model because she's this and anti-feminist. And it's like, you know what? We'll just go we'll ahead just and put it in first. there. Yeah, yeah. So no one else can come and say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing there was a lot of cut moments. Like there was a moment of Midge going into labor that we didn't get to see. Um, Apparently the bleep at the end was not bleeped. And that's why they added the little Mattel logo (laughs) because Mattel obviously. (laughs) So, um, so I'm very curious if we'll get like a, a director's cut or special bonus features when this comes to to video, to streaming on demand or whatnot. Cause I'm very curious to see what, what else could have been, what were the other um, uh, things that Mattel (laughs) were like, maybe no too, but yeah. Yeah. With the way that, uh, you know, they're kind of raking in the cash and maybe they'd be open to (laughs) taking a little, a few more lumps uh, just to, you know, drive the sales yeah yeah like it was like a refreshing take it was like oh it's funny it can make fun of itself but also be poignant and like be emotional at the same time and honestly like we've watched other barbie things obviously we grew up with all the barbie movies um but there's also on netflix you have barbie's dream house and then you have i um, love life in the dream house yes great so show. my my son who is four loves that show he will so watch good. the whole se- it's so funny and like it's so funny because they like have jokes in there that are like kind of for adults and they of course yeah, the kids don't realize yeah. it. And the Ken there is also yeah. so hilarious and so the perfect kind of Kennergy, like and so many great characters. Raquel is like my favorite of the Barbie yes. characters. Yeah, she, she's so like the good. diva Barbie. She just yeah. wants she wants to be Barbie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have they also have um it's like Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures where Barbie's oh, yeah. like a teenager. That's also Netflix. Mm-hmm. But it's just they have so many like little tongue in cheek things. And I'm like, I know that like Mattel looks over all this stuff. And I'm glad that they will let people like do that with the IP because like mm-hmm. you don't have to always take yourself so seriously. Like True. yeah. Like you can have fun with it. Like pick on Barbie. It's fun. <laughs> Love Barbie. It's fun. <laughs> I I mean, uh, and we've kept it pretty light here. I, I, you know, I, I like, Laura, that you mentioned, you know, there are families who forbade their kids from playing with Barbies. And it's understandable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, the expectations that that are very kind of unrealistic and harmful in many ways, you know, that these kinds of images uh, might might provoke. Uh, but, you know, it, this animation podcast, we realize when you're creating a, an artistic rendition of a character, you know, you want it to be appealing. You you want it to be, you know, something that people want to uh, engage with and stands out amongst, you know, heavy competition. So uh, you know, ha- that's why you have the, these idealized proportions on characters, you know, that are that are in cartoons and and in, uh, you know figurine form uh yeah the baby dolls of course uh evolving into the the you know adult 
proportioned uh, Barbie dolls. You know, that's a that was a big step. <laughs> um, oh, like oh, like the the skipper when they were doing oh, the rejected dolls and they had the growing yes. up skipper. I was like, oh my god, that unlocked something I had forgot existed. Yeah, and I, I, rem- I remember I remember the TV Barbie too, and I was mm-hmm. like, that was fairly recent, like in the two thousands. I yeah, I remember the commercials for it. Yeah, because I was like, that's a weird choice, but okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you could like record things with it, and it would mm-hmm. play it back. Um, because I had one that you could like, you could talk to it, and it would play back your voice, which I thought oh was my really gosh. cool. You could like sing with it, and oh, so I was cute. like, yeah, I was like, I forgot about all these rejected Barbies yeah. that they had. The other um, one they had that they didn't um really focus on the Teen Talk Barbie, which got yeah. a lot of backlash at the time because she was saying like, math is hard. Let's go shopping. So and obviously not the image that they want to really be sharing for the for the little girls and little kids growing up. So um. Yeah, I was curious why they didn't have her do anything, but it was cool to see her there. I was like, I know you. Maybe um, they cut yeah. it. Maybe she did. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, because I think, well, and I, like, it's so funny because I have heard, like, I had friends who was, they were like, oh, Barbies are controversial, but it's, so it's so funny now. So there's LOL dolls, which oh, have, yeah. like, really big OMG. heads. All of those. Mm-hmm. They are so so though Barbie's not controversial anymore because there's so many options and they have realistic shaped Barbies mm-hmm. and all kinds of Barbies now. And so Barbie is not controversial, at least like in the spheres that I see it in. It's LOL dolls. People, ah. people like were throwing them away at one point because they were like, ah, oh, they're like dressed inappropriately. And I'm like, and they're like babies, it. right? They're like really well, young. Some of them are. Yeah. Well, they have like, they have, so because my daughter loves them. So they have like the adult ones. They're like mm-hmm. the big sisters and then they have like smaller ones and they have like like toddler size and like babies. Yeah. They have boys, but the boys were anatomically correct. So they had penises, oh. Oh, which they were like, they weren't a blob. They weren't a kin blob. <sighs> um, they like had it, but you know, it wasn't like anything crazy, but yeah, there was a lot of controversy. So that's like, I don't hear as much anymore about Barbie, but when I was a kid, people were like, oh, they're not realistic. They don't set realistic mm-hmm. standards. It's just like, do you teach us girls to be shaped like a, blonde bimbo basically yeah. and, and brats like, was the other one that was huge yes. like when you were um, saying Polly pocket earlier i was like i wonder if there'll be a brats movie yeah i mean they did do <laughs> one but i could see them doing a re and it's funny because the uh, sasha and her friend group they're all named after the brats like it's sasha yeah. yasmin chloe jade i that blew my mind when i figured I that out i was like i didn't know oh the other girls names so yeah i didn't yeah. know their names that's so funny no i didn't know that I, I like that. I like that's a little tie in too. Right, they, they hate Barbie. Things. So I'm like, well, yeah, I guess like, that makes we, sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like brats were like the cool, stylish yeah. versions. And the girls they had the really big mouths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had the really big mouths and like the dramatic makeup where Barbie is like the girl next door. Yeah, I, I had them both and it was, I did too. It was interesting. Yeah, it's it's they had different proportions that you can share outfits or anything, but it was really interesting how both of them were marketed at the time. Like Barbie was very much like the safe, like, you know, the parents could like always rely on Barbie, like at least at that point, the way it was being marketed compared compared to brats, which were seen as the more subversive, the more like, oh, we might have to ban these from the household type of doll comparatively to, to Barbie. But then there were a few Barbies as well. And then Barbie went on to my scene there was that whole thing as well yeah. so there's just been so many eras of of dolls especially eras of Barbie Barbie being compared to other dolls and then um I, it's very interesting how things have, have ended up now where it's very 
it's it's there's there's a Barbie for everyone. It's very is the image is is a lot different now. I think uh, even before this movie came out, but especially bolstered by this movie as well as like um, it's like not the same kind of em- empowerment as it was when it was first released. But it feels a little bit more genuine. I would say it's like you know they have they have a, a Barbie with Down syndrome. Like they have uh, lots of different representative Barbies. Who, oh yeah, they had it, the it, one in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very like, yeah. And I compare it a lot to like, it it kind of feels in my mind the way that American Girl was growing up. And that's another one that I think I'm like, oh, they could do a like a big American Girl movie with like all of the girls. Now my my mind is like talks about it. Yeah, I want to say they've talked about it. I don't know if it got scrapped. But I think Mm -hmm. like Barbie was like, at least the way I always thought it was like she was like the more wholesome one that it's Mm -hmm. like, you are you can be Barbie because Barbie can be anything. So like you can be yeah, you can be an astronaut. Like, and that's kind of what the movie was saying. Like, uh, for a long time, dolls were just like, you can act like being a mom. And so yeah. that's why she made Barbie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you can be more than a mom. Be a career and that's why I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, I thought like when Bratz came out, that was like the, because I feel like Barbies, like after a certain age, they're like, Barbies aren't cool anymore. That's for little kids. Right. It was Bratz mm-hmm. were like the cool preteen teen Barbie. You can you play with graduated. them. They have makeup mm-hmm. and cool heels and they're edgy and they're like in high school. And so I'm like, because I I want to say I had them in like middle school and I was like, these are so cool. I oh, know. Yeah. I mean, I still had Barbies, so but I didn't play with them. <laughs> I didn't play with them as much. And so, and honestly, my daughter, she's about to be in fifth grade and oh, she doesn't God. play with Barbies. She plays with LOL dolls if she plays with them at all. And so I'm like, yeah, I guess I can see that. Like, I don't remember what age I they fell out of fashion, but... <laughs> It's like you hit an age where you're like, I don't play with dolls. I'm a grown up now. <laughs> also, on the phones. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. Social power in you know being a bit irreverent or rebellious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just that's how I guess trends go. Um, you people try to find ways of standing out or or being you know their more authentic selves when they feel marginalized by uh, kind of the the expectations of the world around them. I and mean, if we could just kind of, you know, do away with a lot of these expectations, uh, you know, I think people would generally be a lot healthier, but, uh, you know, as humans, <laughs> it's it's hard. Uh, well, especially like in today's media culture, the information and communication technologies that drive our media and everything so instantaneous, it's almost like we're seeing the greatest explosion of comparison and uh you know we've talked about this i guess on previous podcast episodes but <laughs> the yeah the expectation and Im- image um you know problems that affect people i think are, are just so um particularly inflamed as a result of, of a lot of um modern technology uh but you know and we saw this of course i guess the invention of barbie itself you know coming in the age of television and 20th century innovation um magazines and pop culture you know it's it's sort of a a natural outflow of that um but also kind of cool that we have this uh this uh luxury of of characters that we can kind of um hold as uh avatar really of of mm. kind of an ideal that may, we might aspire toward um so you know it's there there are positives and negatives and uh we just got to try to um you know embrace uh the things that are healthy about it um and reject the things that are toxic 
um, you know, the peak criticism of the depiction of patriarchy in Barbie and, and how that could be harmful towards men who are watching or males. I mean, as a guy, like, I don't feel particularly threatened because of the privilege of historical patriarchy. Like, uh, I can I can take the jabs. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel any kind of uh, hostility personally. Uh, but of course, you're going to have your Ben Shapiro's who are super offended. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. I saw a picture of him like at at the movie theater oh, and he was like dressed in front up of the and thing. Everything. Yeah. And they were like, they were like, well, he was in all black and they were like, you're literally cosplaying as Ken. You cosplayed as Ken and went and saw the movie because he was wearing black pants and a black shirt tucked in. And they're like, you, you cosplay as Ken. That's weird. <laughs> you know, I'm guessing he was hard on it. I, I honestly don't know. Is he a, did he enjoy he, it? For he what did, it was? He, he, no, hated he it. didn't like it. Mm-hmm. He hated it. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, he probably didn't even watch it. He probably walked in and was like, and then walked back out. Uh, <laughs> on his phone. He was, he was uh, scrolling through X. Yeah, and probably got distracted. And yeah, the the thing about this movie that people are talking about online is that they some actually think it's very kind of a surface level view of of feminism and whatnot. But I'm like, in the society that we live in, I think a lot of people just need feminism 101 right now just to get a dip the toes in before really like hard launching into some things just to, you know, toy around with those ideas in a familiar setting with the character we all know and love to some degree, or at least are all familiar with to some degree. Well, and I think if it if it's too if it's too in your face and it's too mm-hmm. like if it's too much, people are going to automatically turn off. So I think right. that it was done in a way because I I've, I I'm live in the South, so I saw people who are like, oh, it's too woke. I'm not going to see mm-hmm. it. My kids aren't allowed to see it. And I'm like, you haven't even given it a chance. Like, hey, if you yeah. if you don't if you're not sure if you want your daughters to watch it, like go watch it first, see how you feel, and if you feel like that represents your worldview, then like go ahead. But I'm like, because I see it all the time, and it's like. I think as long as it's not like overt, I guess, I don't know. Like when it's too much, people like they immediately turn off and they don't get the message. Right. And it kind of like, it does a disservice. Cause it's like, especially as a woman, like you want to be equal, right? Like I get not like being a bit more conservative in your views, but like you are a woman, your kids are women. Like, yeah. Yeah. This movie don't you is want for everyone, you know, it's, well, it's like, it's, yeah. Somehow. It like harkens back to the men too. Don't you want your sons to be equal? Like, and like, you don't want them to like treat women badly because they think they're better than them. Mm-hmm. Or you like, you don't want like your daughters not to earn as much because they're a woman. So I'm like, mm. you know, if, if you want to <laughs> grow as a person, you know, you, you have to question your programming a little bit, uh, you know, like yeah. with Margot Robbie in this film. Um, and I guess there are people who think it's better to just, you know, totally drink the Kool-Aid embrace mm-hmm. the program. There is the, the literal, blue pill red pill oh yeah the Birkenstock uh yeah yeah um, he's like no I want the high hill I, I want yeah. the high hill I was like you know what I could I can relate I think Birkenstocks are yeah. ugly yeah the Morpheus <laughs> in this case just doesn't let Neo yeah she's like the you don't have an option of choice. <laughs> yeah, she's like you really don't have an option you have no. to want to know and she's like mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's true it's like we you know once we all live in this society we, we know what the criticisms are so if we're just you know, t- continuing to go about our normal lives without acknowledging it, we're just lying to ourselves. So we have to take the pill, you know, in a sense, and at least figure out what's going on. You know, you don't have to become a broad burning feminist or anything. You just yeah. <laughs> try to know at least the perspective and where people are coming from. Where did this, where did this all uh, manifest originally? And, uh, you know, you can use kind of the, the teachings, the methods, the, um, the narratives 
to kind of enrich yourself and and build your own persona, you know, in a much more well-rounded and essentially um, more more equipped fashion, so, so that you can um, engage with society and and not be so just adrift or uh, I guess um, prone to the the tides and the shifts in culture. And and that's why so many people are just, you know, they're so reactionary and fearful when they hear of messages that are kind of contradictory to their programming. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the instant sort of react, um, you know, the, the tendency to react rather than simply respond or to simply mm-hmm. kind of listen, um, you know, that all just comes from this heightened sense of, fear and sensitivity, you know, to things that really aren't threatening. It's just that sort of a self-imposed ignorance um, and laziness maybe allows for these things to then become uh, sticking points and and, uh, and then they can become inflamed. Uh, but no, uh, they, they shouldn't be areas of hostility. They just be areas of um, you know, curiosity, if nothing else. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people thought like it being Barbie, it being pink, it being about women, it would be like super feminist. And so I guess like I, I haven't looked at like reviews to see if people complain about like it not being feminist enough, being too feminist. But honestly, I am i don't even know that the theme is necessarily like feminism. I think it's more just like equality. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's everybody. How I view feminism, quite honestly. It's like, yeah, like, it's just, just equality. Be, yeah. Well, yeah. If you go to the opposite extreme of like, oh, well, now, you know, men have had their fun. We should now um, sub uh, <laughs> um, subjugate men. Uh, to, yeah, we have to overthrow the government. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that'll be fair now if we live in a world that's, you know, where men are dominated and subservient. Like that, that just that's not justice you know we we need to yeah equality should be the aim you know so, so as far as i'm concerned like i i guess i'm just <laughs> a person so who knows if if uh, the prevailing sentiment one day is that uh <laughs> that women should rule and uh and there are there is a second class of uh subservient <laughs> men or whatever i guess that's uh you know that would be the prevailing dystopia that we'd find ourselves in but it's it's really not that far removed from a lot of the just very unequal and uh tyrannical structures that have existed throughout human history uh, but that's politics i mean it's of course it's <laughs> like a cluster <laughs> trying to get people you know deep people dealing with egos and pursuit of power and things like that it uh, you know as much as like we need to recognize our programming and um you know question things um there's a degree to which it is healthy to just kind of focus on our lives and and not worry about things and and stew and brood um because it's uh it's unhealthy to do so rather you know the programming that we do run um you know should be um op- optimized i guess in a way to uh to make it so that we are equipped for anything that comes our way uh so i gosh all this lecturing i i hate uh <laughs> <laughs> my myself rambling here but um it's just stuff that i think about personally because of that, you know i struggle with a lot of you know feelings of existential dread and crises and stuff and and there are a lot of uh strategies that i've come across that are very helpful in dealing with that 
Um, and, and a lot of it sort of can resemble naivete in a way, but really it's just, you know, knowing when, you know, it's the right time and place to really address certain problems. And, and frankly, unless there's something immediately in front of you, uh, it's best not to uh, obsess about things and overthink. Uh, I think all the existential dread movies, like being this summer, like, I think it's just like a collective like theme of how everyone yeah. feels. I mean, with the past <laughs> least, several like, years we've had, it's just kind of, yeah, we've just been sitting in this sort of existential limbo of like, well, all this horrible stuff has happened and we're kind of all numb to it at this point. And I think this film showed it in a very fun but real way of like, you know, when she wakes up on the second day and it's like, P, panic, I, I'm scared and nauseous, K, <laughs> death. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that that rings. That rings for me. <laughs> well, and especially like at least uh, most of the younger generations, I know like they have a lot of anxiety. They're like, everything's really expensive. Like, how do we live? But you know what? Like, I'm still going to be I'm going to wear pink and I'm going to go to the pool and not think about it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're here. For all a we can time. do. Not a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of it just comes from, you know, realizing that uh, our capacity to handle problems does not actually come from uh, falling into uh, despair or um, highly activated emotions, uh, but rather, you know, if we can be more calm and, and at peace, sort of passive in our uh, disposition, um, you know, we're going to be able to at least, um, you know, process things more effectively. And not that we should be passive in the way we deal with things, but in just in our kind of openness to uh, multiple avenues of um, execution. So uh, let's see, we're going to end this now, but uh, um, <laughs> thank you, you both for, for a fun chat about Barbie and yeah, the, the existential crises therein. Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it has an impact and there's a reason why people, have resonated so much with this film um it uh you know it it kind of, there's a lot of subconscious issues tied up <laughs> in uh in the kind of in the themes and subject matter um so that's what we are here for you know on the thodcast uh conversations about animation um you know just tell people who you are i guess and uh any any additional thoughts and then we'll wrap it up uh we'll start with you laura yeah, um, I'm Lara Akal. You can find me at, at Lara Akal on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, I mainly kind of post about my performance life. I do princess performing and uh, I, I post a lot about Disney and princesses. And so if you're into that, go for it. <laughs> yeah, Bridget. Uh, so I'm Bridget. You can find me on Instagram at Bridget. That's bridge with a T, 5246. Uh, and I guess final thoughts. So my favorite line from the whole movie was, we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back to see how far they have come. Of course, I boohooed. But it was just like, you know, it's such a good, like, you know, empowerment movie about equality. Then it's also just like about the, like, the bond between like mother and daughter and how you want them to do more, be more, experience everything they can. And that's kind of what Ruth was doing when she made Barbie, because she was like, I want my daughter to experience all these things. And so that's why she made her for her and also all other little girls. So yeah, just... Good movie all around. I 10 out of 10 recommend. 
I love that. Oh, yes. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. Um, so to, uh, I don't know, balance the life of being a Barbie girl living in a Barbie world and also, you know, address the the issues of the day and some of the, uh, you know, ways in which we can experience life as an existential hellscape. Uh, it's it's <laughs> certainly, uh, you know, fantastic life in plastic. Um, but for now, uh, this has been the Thoughtcast Conversations about uh, animation and, you know, talking about live action Barbie movie, but this is very much a cartoon <laughs> in its style and sensibility. Very animated in its um, own way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's a live, it's a live action animation. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, uh, you can find Thoughtcast at thoughtcast.com at thought at Thoughtcast on X and, and Instagram, I guess, you know, I don't know the whole Twitter can't go away. Oh, it's, it's become a verb at this point. It's become. I literally have not updated it, and I don't know when I will update it. I just, I still yeah. have the bird. I'm hanging. They on have to, to stop changing life. the names. They need to stop changing the names. No one's gonna call Facebook Meta. No one's mm -hmm. gonna call Twitter whatever they're calling it. Just stop. No just one's gonna stop. do it. Sears <laughs> Tower, Willis Towering it at this point. We still call these <laughs> things podcasts, which is appropriate because it's like. It's a broadcast. It's like a radio broadcast, but it's just a, a MP3 file. So it's like a little packet of information on a computer, a packet, you know, call that a pod podcast. It works. Uh, but yeah, used to refer to the old iPods, which right. sure probably had one at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way back in the day. Do they even make iPods anymore? Uh, I don't know. The shuffles, maybe? Yeah, yeah. shuffle. Yeah. I was like, do they still make them or are we just like all of our music's on our phones now? Already obsolete, huh? That's well, we're getting hilarious. sick of smartphones, so I'm sure they'll make a comeback at some point. Yeah. They have flip phones. I know some people who get them for their kids. And yeah. I'm like, what a time. What a time to be yeah. alive. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry for all the, the waffling earlier about uh, weird problems. And I, 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 you know, I've been around politics a lot and just cultural uh, flashpoints. And, you know, I just... Uh, I kind of enjoy it to a degree, but also, you know, I, I know what it's like to have very strong feelings about things. So I don't really like provoking those in people either. So, you know, I'm sorry if, you know, this got a little heavy, but uh, I mean, if anything, I didn't talk about capitalism at all. And I love talking <laughs> about capitalism. So <laughs> I feel that I feel that talk about um, it a lot. So <laughs> I, I'm Philip Elke. You can find me at Philip Elke on Instagram and X, uh, you know, Streaming all over the place, podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, you know, SoundCloud, Spotify, those kinds of things. All these great brands that are just that bring so much enrichment and joy to our lives via the the, the wonders of capitalism. <laughs> oh, there was there. Oh, well, all the Barbie stuff. There was a Barbie Xbox controller that I desperately wanted, but I didn't buy it. Yeah. Oh, capitalism. The, the it almost got me. Tie -ins. It oh, almost yeah. got me. I'm wearing me. a Barbie shirt right now that I got from I know. Forever 21. So, yeah, there's... <laughs> So many tie-ins. <laughs> Keep an eye out for some neat merch. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll be back with more Thoughtcast at some point. Um, but in the meantime, um, I think we'll we'll call this good. Uh, you all have a magical day, a wonderful week. Uh, warm hugs. Warm hugs.